Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to r slash pro revenge where this man spends three years solely trying to get one of his colleagues karen fired She is that bad. This is a tale that involves death unemployment and unbelievable dedication without further ado Let's get into it. I orchestrated a vast conspiracy to get a co-worker fired I used to work at a hospital data center in the network operations group We physically sat in a room 24-7 next to the servers to make sure things didn't catch on fire, monitor it for alerts, and did routine things like swap out tape backups. But it was pretty simple work. This was ostensibly a tech job, but there were people who had been there for many years back when you had to change out printer paper and run a command from an IBM mainframe. It was on really specialized hardware and software that was difficult to apply elsewhere, so it had become a dead-end job. And because there were people who weren't tech-savvy at all, really, we weren't given much responsibility. You can't tell some people they can log into a server and others not, so we were reduced to the lowest common denominator. We were a network operations center where nobody was allowed to interact with any network equipment. Lowest common denominator, you say? Meet my new supervisor, Karen. Not her real name, but definitely her real spirits. She'd been there for over 20 years and got the job solely based on seniority. She was a sociopathic narcissist and one of the most unpleasant people I've ever encountered. Shortly after I was hired, we were bought by another hospital and combined data centers. Karen was demoted to shift lead and had to work with us in the 24-7 rotation. She was very bad at her job and our responsibilities diminished to very little. We had no agency to fix any problems of our own because it had to be a problem that Karen could solve and Karen was both lazy and stupid. After a couple of years, I was promoted. On my first day after they announced my promotion, Karen said, you will fail, just straight to my face. But she had a powerful tool at her disposal the hospital bureaucracy. Since the place was unionized, the hospital had a just cause firing policy instead of an at-will policy, even for non-unionized employees. This I think generally a good thing, but on the edges, it set up ridiculous situations where it was impossible to lose your job unless you were really egregious about it with repeated violations or you just showed up drunk or high. Like we had someone steal computer equipment and they kept their job. It was nuts. And Karen had been there for nearly 30 years. So she wasn't getting fired without a lot of work. That's okay. She was terrible at her job. One of the most important things about the job was monitoring for an alert which would pop up. And there was a procedure we had to go through in order for some data to go through. If we didn't do this, then a nurse wouldn't get their lab results back. So in one case, an alert came in, Karen saw it, then decided to keep browsing the web. Because of this, a patient from the cardiac ICU was going into surgery and the doctors and nurses operating on that patient couldn't get a white blood cell count, I think. Look, I'm not a doctor. I just work in a building with a lot of them. Something very dangerous for this patient, though. And the patient actually died. But this still did not get Karen fired. The reasoning from HR? Well, it didn't directly lead to harm. She didn't even feel bad about it. Just a complete soulless sociopath. 
Now, I'm real pro worker in general, but some jobs you just absolutely have to do. I was so mad she had to go. I kept a paper trail of everything she messed up on. It wasn't nitpicky. Literal life and death stuff we're talking about here. Verbal warning, first written warning, second written warning, final written warning, termination. Yeah, a slog, and I'd rather spend my time doing anything else, but that's the way it went. Then Karen figured out she could work the system. As she approached work Armageddon, termination, she would tell HR she was being harassed. The person harassing her was different every time, which would trigger a mandatory investigation. These investigations took about six months, and of course, they wouldn't find anything, and we'd carry on. Except these warnings, they had a six-month expiration, so she could always reset the clock when it got close. Everyone was helpless. Even the CIO couldn't do anything about it because of the bureaucracy. Karen was a menace, and the entire IT department had to interact with the data center staff, and that meant interacting with her, and she was universally disliked. And she had 20 years until retirement, and she'd outlast the heat death of the universe. Then I had an idea. What if, under the guise of developing skills relevant to the 21st century, required everyone working in the Network Operations Center to pass the Net Plus exam? It's not a difficult exam, but it's not trivially easy. I felt pretty sure that everyone on the team fell above the line between able to pass and not able to pass, except Karen. We'd give everyone better titles, a significant pay rise, and entrust them to do more with the equipment, which is something everyone desperately wanted. Then people could actually leave the hospital with transferable skills and do something else if they wanted and not feel trapped. I spent three years in meetings with HR, with my director, with the CIO, with HR again. Job description meetings that took six hours to tweak small wording, hundreds of hours in meetings. Red tape heck, absolute red tape heck. Do you have any idea what it takes to approve a significant raise in a bureaucratic muck factory like that? But the raises were crucial because it would absolutely not be fair to asses of them otherwise. Pass a test or lose your job without a large carrot attached would lead to mutiny. And then it got approved. I also wrote the exam requirements into my own job description. It was important to still be able to do the job and not let my skills lapse just because I was promoted. Also, this meant I could cover for people when they were on vacation or sick. Plus, I also got that sweet, sweet pay bump. It went over well. I was nervous, but the plan made sense, and I was able to communicate that. People would be more marketable. The job would be more interesting. And, most importantly, they'd be making 20% more than they were before. And I think it really helped that I also gave myself the same requirements when I absolutely could have chosen not to. The hospital would pay for off-site training. They would still get paid their full hourly during the training, including shift differential for second and third shifts. We paid for all the materials. I scheduled eight hours a week for people to go someplace quiet and study. The job itself had a ton of downtime so people could study, but this was formally carved out time anyway. We pay for the exam, and if they failed, we'd pay for the second attempt. We were given eight months to pass the test. So this is how it was for the eight months. The whole point of this was I didn't want Karen to have any excuse whatsoever and somehow convince HR that this process was rushed or unfair. Everyone passed on the first attempt, except Karen. Karen didn't pass her second or her third attempt, a bonus attempt. Karen, being the classic narcissist, thought this was somehow all about her, that this was a vast conspiracy engineered over multiple years and hundreds of hours just to get rid of her. And she'd tell everyone with an earshot that's what was going on. 
Yeah, okay, Karen. You realize how insane that sounds, right? Not everything is about you. Sheesh. Well, okay, in this case it is, but still, only I and two other people know that. I remember the exact time and date we told her. She was in such deep denial that it could ever happen. She thought she was bulletproof. I don't think I'll ever achieve anything more satisfying in my career. I'm not usually one to take satisfaction in seeing someone's livelihood go, but she was uniquely awful. She was a patient danger, and it had been nearly a decade of working with her by this point. I was just so sick and tired of her BS. I was a hero the day after she was fired. I went to the main office for a meeting and people were congratulating me like I just had a kid or won a marathon or something. Even the CIO. They were just happy for me that I didn't have to supervise Karen anymore. But in my head canon, they were congratulating me for pulling off this elaborate plan. Morale back at the data center was also high. We learned interesting things. A couple of my co-workers left for better gigs elsewhere. The ones who were content staying were able to stay and we all had more money and job security. And because anything could set off a BS Karen harassment complaint, people were stressed out working with her. Her being gone now was like a breath of fresh air. Newcomers were told stories of Karen and they seemed exaggerated, but they were not. So, in order to solve a very important and extremely difficult problem, I pulled off a vast workplace conspiracy that improved the lives of the people I work with in addition to keeping our patients safe. Getting this Karen fired is my greatest and most difficult accomplishment and I can't even put it on a CV anywhere. So there we go. That is the end of that one. And all I'm left with is a sense of unfulfillment. I'll be completely honest. Listen, OP, you did what you could. And three years of going through all this BS just to get one person fired from their job is ultimate dedication. I have to give you that. But I can't get past the point that this woman inadvertently, or I guess maybe she knew, well, her actions led to a patient's death that was completely avoidable. Like, that's not enough just to get fired. I'm sorry. She needs more ramifications. Someone's died because of her actions like that's mental and again i admire op's patience i I love the plan to to have people pass this test and if you can't pass it then you're gone knowing that everyone with any sort of common sense would would pass it apart from this karen of course but yeah man do you know what i mean guys i just wanted more she killed someone yeah it wasn't directly and there's no way of proving it was definitely her fault but from what it sounds like she is the sole reason why somebody's dead and all that's happened to her she's lost her job I wanted more there. I really did. I'll be honest. Anyway, let's move. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I was told to do what I needed to do, so I did it. This is very recent. I was living in a very bad part of a major metropolitan city that has lots of bad parts. After I moved in, I started noticing a lot of things that were unsafe. Most of the things I brushed aside because they didn't necessarily affect me. Three things I complained about were the fact that the common areas and most of the bedrooms had no smoke detectors. Then, because I get home when it's very dark, I complained about the porch lights not working. I was promised over and over that this would be fixed, but it never was. I pressed harder and threatened to call the city. I also withheld my rent at this point. 
The landlord, a woman, told me, There's nothing wrong with the house. Do what you need to do. So I did. I called the city. An inspector came out and I showed him around the property. There were areas I couldn't give him access to, like the garage or the other tenants' rooms. He took lots of pictures and pointed out dozens of safety issues and building code violations. It turns out this slumlord, referring to the landlord here, converted a two-story house, four-bed, two-bath, into a three-story house with nine bedrooms and nine bathrooms with no permits from the city. The owner of the property had also had the home classified as an owner-occupied single-family home, although it clearly wasn't, as there was no owner-occupancy and there were 10 unrelated roommates. My landlord harassed me through the whole process. She took my parking spot away and pitted other roommates against me. To make matters worse, she told everyone I wasn't paying rent. So now I've got these idiots ganging up on me. It was so bad that I couldn't be in any of the common areas for even one minute without being harassed. I also got a bunch of notices accusing me of random things and an eviction notice because I wasn't paying rent. The report from the city came out and it had over a dozen violations, including some very serious ones. It was going to cost the owner tens of thousands of dollars to repair the house to get it up to standard. The house started to become safer. There were smoke detectors, railings for the stairs, working porch lights, a carbon monoxide alarm, and the owner was forced to put a railing on a balcony that didn't have one. Through all of this, the owner is making $10,000 per month in rent, charging for parking, and there's another large house on the property that he's renting. Plus, he's got multiple homes, with 90 tenants in total. He was making tons of money, but somehow the sentiment among some of the roommates was... How could you do this to this poor old man? My case went to court and I got more time to find legal help. By the time the second hearing came along, another notice had been given as they got access to the entire house. Plus, they were still in violation and had not cured all of the problems, so they got fined daily. With my court date a week away, the owner's attorney started to try and negotiate with me. In court, I'd asked for $16,000 and they knew I was going to get it because they were obviously going to lose. So I ended up settling for $7,000 and 30 days to move out, plus eight months of rent forgiveness. I guess I just did what I had to do. Honestly, I'm kind of surprised with this one. I thought the implications on the owner and the landlord would have been far greater than just $7,000. I know it's a lot of money and eight months of rent relief is also a lot of money. What's that? $8,000 as well. So they've lost probably what? 15K flat and then some other fines. But I feel like it should have been way more. They were breaking the law here. $15,000 and a little bit more surely isn't enough to cover that, is it? I don't know. Maybe it's just me. It just seems extremely lenient. They had 10 people in a house when they said the owner was living like you. you that's fraud. You can't do that. I'm pretty sure if you did that in my country, and I do mean this, you'd be going to prison because that is fraudulent. I don't see a way in which you could get away with that. Comment down below. What are the normal rules in America? I want to know. I guess the overarching point is why do landlords have to be like this? Why are there so many land? Like I swear it's a, a normal common thing with landlords to just be terrible. It's easy to be a nice landlord, isn't it? Do the jobs that you have to do when the house is falling apart. Get paid rent and then just sit back and relax. Is it not as simple as that? You're earning good money. This guy's got 90 tenants. I mean, think of the turnover. It's ridiculous. Fair play to him, building a nice business. But don't exploit people like this. Don't make them live in terrible conditions. And don't break the law, you mug. Anyway, guys, that is going to do it for this episode of r slash pro revenge. Really hope you've enjoyed it. If you did and you want some more revenge stories right away, check out r slash pro revenge, the movie on screen. Over two hours of quality revenge stories that you're not going to want to miss. Give a little click and trust me, you'll be entertained for at least two hours and seven minutes. I can assure you. 
Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com slash covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. warbyparker.com slash covered.